this is a Suno India production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android app. Download it now from Google Play Store. If you are a woman vocal and online then you must have faced some amount of hate or cyberbullying and it is worse if you belong to a marginalized community not long ago opinionated muslim women with an online presence in india were targets of the systematic hate through apps like suli deals and bully bye we have covered these in older episodes of this show So the Center for Internet and Society CIS and Tata Civic Tech have created Uli, a machine learning tool that can be used on certain internet browsers to limit online gender-based violence or OGBV. Tata builds tools and datasets to understand and respond to misinformation in India. CIS is a non-profit organization that undertakes interdisciplinary research on internet and digital technologies from policy and academic perspectives. Right now, Uli is a plugin that can be used for Twitter on browsers like Chrome, Firefox, and Brave. It was launched at the end of July and the creators aim to broaden its ambit over time. Hi this is Surya Tapa Mukherjee your host for this episode of the Suno India show I spoke to Tarunima Prabhakar Cheshta Arora and Brinda Lakshmi Tarunima is the research lead and co-founder at Tata Civic Tech Cheshta is a researcher at CIS studying intersections between internet culture and society Brinda is a research and advocacy professional working at the intersection of gender, sexuality, human rights and technology. I spoke to them to understand what is the need for Uli that social media platforms are not fulfilling and how it helps the tools target audience of gender marginalized people who face daily abuse online. Can you tell us what is What is Uli? How did the idea uh, for this come about? I will let Brinda do an uh, explanation for why the tool is called Uli. Uh, I can describe some of the motivation of the project. So, uh, Tattle's been in the uh, business of archiving misinformation for a couple of years now. Uh, we started out in 2019 and uh, one of the things we noticed was that um especially around the pandemic and the you know the tablighi jamaat incident that there's a very strong intersection between hate speech and misinformation uh, what we also realized when we were collecting uh, misinformation or content from some of the platforms in india uh, was that a lot of hate speech was actually not filtered out we when we were trying to open some of this data needed to filter out that content and and sort of make sure that we don't become a source for amplifying it um and we realized that but yeah the the motivation being that even tattle didn't have the tools there were no off the shelf tools for even a small group like ours to um do even basic moderation of hateful content in indian languages um at the time you know ambika uh, who was at cis we were um 
just discussing their work and, and she'd been working on uh, issues of gender violence online. And so we decided to sort of um, unite and, and see if we could build out tools that try to address specifically gender-based violence uh, in Indian languages. Now, given the size of the team, the, the resources at hand, we had to pick three languages. Uh, we couldn't look at all forms of abuse and we couldn't look at all the Indian languages. So we started by seeing if we could build out um, a tool to mitigate or help people uh, address the effects of gender-based violence in um, Hindi, Tamil, and Indian English. Uh, Indian English was a language that emerged from the focus group discussions where um, a lot of people pointed out to us that Indian English is a unique version of English, and so it's not sufficient that there are tools for American English or British English. Uh, we actually need to take into account the context um, and the specific usage, usage of um, English in India. Uh, I'll pause and see if Cheshta and Brinda have anything to add here as well. So uh, I'm going to talk about the name Uli, right? Uli is a Tamil word and it means chisel in Tamil. And I think the reason for, or this word came to my mind because the way we intended or envision for this tool to sort of function, evolve, even develop was as a community project or a community contributed sort of a tool, right? And a chisel is typically used in the field and it is used for a collective exercise. And also by, by using a chisel, you get to actually contribute to how you want to shape something as well, right? It's individual, every individual's contribution to it. And uh, in terms of content moderation and um, hate speech moderation and gender-based violence online, it also is a matter of each of us recognizing collectively we will have to do it because it is so large and the volume is just uh, so much. There's so much of gender-based violence and hate speech going on online. And so for us to actually work on a tool that moderates us, we, we are going to have to sort of have an impact on the algorithm of it for that language to get picked up on a platform like Twitter. And that would require all of us to contribute to it as individuals and use that chisel, be that individual chisel in ch shaping that conversation, right? We as a team have developed this tool, but it's it's just building the technology. It, it, it will be complete only with community engagement. And that's where the motivation for the word uh, or the name comes from. Just a last point that the word itself signifies that the work in progress for both safer platforms as well as for the tool is all still in still a work in progress and we'll need everyone's help to sort of finish that and wherever that finishing point is yeah i understand that it's currently only for twitter so i was interested in to know like why is twitter uh, the focus um honestly it's it's more of a um resource question but also like this is you know the first sort of attempt at a tool like this um, we have seen specific instances or specific features of this tool being used or being built out as as um, you know by different groups but i think the way we were conceptualizing uli uh, where we did a lot of focus group discussions and interviews with activists tried to understand what is it 
that would help them make their social media experience um, safer, healthier, make it easier for them to express themselves online. Um, we, I think the, the mandate is very broad, uh, but we had to start somewhere. And we were uh, trying to develop this through a sort of a distinctive methodology, which where it was very consultative, uh, co-designed. Uh, we were also grappling with new sort of technical challenges in terms of dealing with uh, abuse detec detection in Indian languages. So I would say that there were a lot of different moving pieces in, and we had to keep the scope limited and start somewhere to see if this would work or if this approach would work. And so Twitter seemed like a great place to start because it is where a lot of um, activists, even in India, will express themselves. It is also where a lot of the political and social uh, online battles are being fought. Uh, but the goal for Ruli uh, is always, has always been to move beyond Twitter. It was where we started off. Um, so can you tell a bit more about these conversations and these preliminary discussions you've um, had with people while designing this app um, or this plugin or tool, um, whatever you call it? Uh, and also, like, because I'm interested, because it obviously it blocks out all the cuss words, but there are also some other words that it blocks out. For example, uh, I found that it blocks out the word nasty. So I was interested to know, like, where uh, this is coming from and what kind of discussions you've had. We had a series of conversations. We first had a, uh, interviews with people who have been engaging with this a particular problem in the field and then we had focus group discussions where we tried crowdsourcing slurs that we wanted only to detect some of the english words uh, were also crowdsourced from the internet from different slur lists that that are available such as like one that's on hate base and therefore and also for english there were other slur lists that were available that were directly like the words were taken from those slur lists. So this was a mix of what people told us to uh, add to the Excel sheet as well as like stuff that stuff that we scraped on our own. So that's why you'll find some of the words which in India we might not find uh, like nasty as something that someone would use. But if, if at all it is used, it's like it will get blurred out and like might like could be like uh, if someone's calling someone that like it could be considered offensive for that particular person. I think it's also interesting that let's say uh, my Twitter experience as someone who's not on the receiving end of abuse is very different from someone who is serially harassed, right? And so, um, you know, I, I think both Brinda and Cheshta, you, you should comment on um, just, uh, yeah, like what, what that meant in terms of design and what that meant in terms of how we treated some of this abusive language, because it might not have seemed, it might not seem like a very big deal to, to me, um, but it, it actually can cumulatively add to a lot for someone um, who is at the receiving end of uh, consistent harassment specifically on the design and, and like we had a lot of discussion like I remember when I was talking to uh, uh, different uh, people who we wanted to sort of involve in the project a uh, lot of the times I would hear people saying that someone will not just come and give me like throw a slur at me and go so like what is the point of this feature but when we were talking to uh, people who and like some others who have been at a receiving end of uh, online gender-based violence, the common uh, affect that we noticed was that of an everyday fatigue, uh, where the instance is not very extreme, where nobody is calling you like, like suddenly you, like nobody is like just bombarding you with slurs, but 
looking at a particular offensive content every day uh, as you are going along your uh, usual task on twitter that builds eventually and like gives you that sense of numbness where you don't want to go on twitter you go out of your ways to make sure that you are not on twitter and that is it's that everydayness of this of you of reading these slurs on your feed is what we wanted to uh, like so help uh, users tackle uh, that if they they have a clear like a flag which says that like you don't have to look at this or like you like when you're looking at it and you like once you are using uli it gets used to that okay this is a slur and i don't really have to look at it and, and you can easily browse and like move uh, away from that uh, particular uh, word so it's that everyday fatigue essentially that we wanted to capture and when you are thinking about it as one off instance that somebody will just come and give like throw a slur at me and it's not going to be that big a deal in that instance it doesn't really feel like it's a useful feature but when you look at it as something that builds up eventually as you are uh, uh increasing your activities on twitter that's when the feature sort of becomes useful uh, when you look at it from that uh, scenario there's also so the example that you gave is the word nasty right but uh that's an english word and that's an english word that's you can you use it in all different english uh types of english like british american and even indian but it's i think the nuance is more in when you're talking about more specifically in indian languages and the kind of context it comes with uh because uh the words in those languages don't get captured at all on social media platforms very much and reporting so here's also the other thing that we found out right for instance in with in some conversations uh there's someone who uses twitter entirely on their phone and she is an influencer and she uses it entirely in tamil and she does not know english and uh, so here's the thing the the feature that says help and support that is there in tamil but once she goes and clicks on it let's say to report something everything inside is in english right so uh in that sense uh how can we support someone like that with her twitter experience right because she speaks she's she's vocal uh, she's vocal about women's rights and and speaks up for the rights of other minority communities as well so in tamil so how then can we support her when she does not have this language access at least the ability to filter uh, such words right with a tamil interface sort of supports her in her experience of it because the complaining process as of now is not uh, very effective on most social media platforms i i would not like only sort of point out twitter about on this i would say the experience more or less uh, predominantly when we spoke to different people different groups of people for this tool um it i mean it it broadly seems to be the same more or less so that's that's also where this tool sort of comes into the picture to uh support the user and that's also why we say that twitter is just the starting point we definitely intend to go beyond twitter as well so can you uh, discuss you know can you tell us about uh, what are the current features and also what are the features you're looking to add in the future sure uh, i can take this but i think anyone can take this in this group um so we uh, started off you, uh, you know with a laundry list of features that might be 
helpful um, for the stakeholders that we care about, which are uh, people of marginalized genders who are um, harassed online. And uh, from those features, we actually had a conversation with the activists to understand which of these would be useful. Because uh, act given the scope of the problem, a lot can be useful. And there's a lot that we could have built. Um, but we had to prioritize something for the, the first year. And so the limited sort of set of feature lists that we uh, started off with was um, a need to archive content. And so a lot of people expressed that um, when they go to law enforcement, for example, uh, law enforcement to report a person or report a tweet or report an instance of harassment, law enforcement will ask them for a record of all the um, tweets from a specific person. Now, if Twitter has already taken down some of that content, they don't have that record. So uh, we actually realized that some people were doing um, some really interesting and intense uh, local archiving by just screenshotting a lot of tweets. So that's one thing that the plugin that Uli will let, let you do is that it'll let you archive uh, content locally, but it'll also let you archive it so that it's on your email. Um, that's one. Then um, there's the, the slow replacement feature that we've already discussed. Uh, there's a third feature that actually just redacts the tweets wholesale. And so um, if there is a tweet that has been detected to be abusive, by Uli, um, it'll show up as this block around the tweet where it'll say that Uli has detected this to be online gender-based violence. Um, and this feature is um, a machine learning feature where the data set was annotated by the activists themselves. So we had 24,000 uh, tweets, <laughs> uh, 8,000 in each language. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so we built a machine learning model around that. Um, but that's a feature that, uh, you know, that we feel is something that can also be abused by bad actors. So um, at this stage, we've so rolled it back till we uh, can do a better security analysis and build in some user control uh, so that we can um, weed out uh, nefarious users of that specific feature. Also, I should add, actually, the last thing is we've, we've uh, also tabulated resources in Indian languages. So just as Brinda mentioned that some of these resources and help and support resources are not available in Indian languages. So one of the things we did was also to translate Twitter's um, guideline, I think, Cheshta, you should correct me if I'm wrong, but um, what people can do to uh, report some of this content to Twitter, we translated that in, in uh, Indian languages. But since they haven't done it, I think it's something that we uh, felt was sort of needed and urgent, and so we also went ahead and did that. I, I wanted to know what difference uh, does machine learning make in this tool? Like you said that, you know, one, one thing is that Generally, it blocks out uh, the slurs, but uh, sometimes it blocks out like the whole tweet if it uh, realizes that the whole tweet is offensive. Um, but also, like you know, I was I was seeing that uh, sometimes tweets that maybe are not uh, you know that offensive are also blocked out. But I guess this is because like the context I guess is different. Like sometimes, say people use uh, like say the f word, you know, just to express. Um, exclamation or surprise or whatever, like various kinds of emotions, right? Um, but perhaps in, in an Indian context, it will more be used uh, in abusive uh, ways. So is that like, you know, is that uh, how what you were looking at while developing this tool? And also like, will uh, the machine learning feature, will it make this tool more specific with time? Like, will it be better at recognizing, you know, when something is offensive and when something um, is not based on context. So machine learning, that's what I, uh, we like mentioned at the beginning. It's, it's a community uh, sort of effort. 
and machine learning by nature works like that with more and more data being fed into it right so like what the example that you gave f word right so the number of contexts the more uh, tweets we find with contexts where people don't use it as a slur but let's say just as an expression the more the database gets populated with it the machine then will recognize that there is two different contexts in which the effort can be used so that is going to be something that will evolve with time right uh, and that's also why we need more participation and community participation it would also be interesting to see however uh, how people in general use the language also that is also bound to get captured uh, maybe like you mentioned again in the indian context the usage is far more as a slur than general expression so that's also something we will sort of the the plugin will give us the opportunity to figure out even the user pattern if that makes sense or not for say indian audiences great yeah just to sort of add on to what brinda said i think that's that's very true like we we think of uli as a community project and and as brinda mentioned that the more people report something and the more people um distinguish between instances the better uli get i think what's also important is to uh realize that uli is an open source project our data is open the machine learning models are open and so uh typically when platforms have done moderation we don't really know the the logics right and so they might have gotten a lot of people to annotate their data but often we don't know who these people are their experiences are not you know um the same as the they're not typically the ones who are at the receiving end of harassment on platforms and so um one of the advantages is that a lot of the community work is happening in the open and so uh, these data sets grow in the open and and i think in some ways that's that's better for um machine learning and content moderation as a as a field um the other bit i'd add is that so uh, surat apa you mentioned that certain tweets that are not abusive um get detected as abused right and so that's also uh, partly a design choice so all all machine learning systems will always make errors um but given what who our stakeholders are and what um chesta mentioned earlier on is that you know we we were focusing on building something that can make the the online social media experience better for people who are at the receiving end of gender based violence and so um from their perspective if let's say a certain tweet that is um not abusive right but it gets detected as abuse uh, is not as problematic as um you know making sure that all abusive content is uh, uh sort of catered to right so i think in some ways it's a trade off it's a design trade off that in trying to be expansive about uh, capturing as many instances of gender based violence we also land up capturing instances that are not gender based violence now um this is again it's because of where we are situated and how we are situating the tool i think when um platforms choose to moderate they make very different design decisions right right so it's in the intentional like more like prevention is better than cure um thing so um can you tell me what has uh, you know what has been the response so far especially from uh, you know the people that you were talking to while developing the tool um, you know how is it is it helping them you know have they given any feedback yeah so uh, just before i jump into that one thing i'd want to add is that uh, it's 
so both what Brinda said and what you know I said, both of those go together. That yes, it is intentional, but also that the quality of um, data and like the number of instances we get has to grow for it to work better. So so that's both of those are together. Um, yeah, and now to take the question of the reception of the tool. So I, the the plugin's only been out for uh, a month now. We're just starting out with workshops uh, with different activists and and groups to you know see their experience and understand their experience of the plugin. Like so far for a year, it's we've been sort of incubating and, and sort of hatching away at ideas. So right now is really when the rubber hits the road. So so um, I'll have more to say about reception in a couple of uh, months. Uh, but I think we have a lot to say from the focus group discussions and the annotation exercises where 18 plus activists were involved. And um, Cheshta and Brinda can, can speak to that, right? So just what that experience was um, for for people as they were annotating and discussing with other activists whether they thought something was abused or not abused. Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll have a couple of things to add to this question as well as link it with the previous question. Um, so, so what Tarnima and Brindad said about machine learning, that's like technically true, but this is something that we have been realizing now that we use Uli every day, uh, which is basically the playfulness of the algorithm and also the uh, like the challenge to define what is online gender-based violence and what is not online gender-based violence, right? So when we were doing our focus group discussions, we had, and during, even like after when the annotation process started, we used to have uh, training sessions and we used to also do some discussion sessions to understand why a particular post was marked by one individual as online gender-based violence and the other one was not marked as online gender-based violence. And it's somewhere this disagreement, this uh, expansive nature of what we understand in gender-based violence, especially in a global South context where uh, gender-based violence is always intersected with uh, other uh, uh, structural hierarchies of religion caste sexuality that and the moment like the more intersectionalities you bring to it the definition of online gender-based violence which particular instance should be marked as one is constant something that constantly keeps changing so our annotators did not have like we could not arrive at very specific threshold that something after this is not going to be online gender-based violence and it was a constant it was an iterative process with every uh, annotation with every discussion session that we were having and that's something you also see uh, when you see how the machine learning model is working yes like the all every machine learning model always has errors but I think the fun part in, the, in this case given the method that we have used given the collaborative nature of the algorithm the fun part is to see the nature of that failure where sometimes what you will think is harmful, but it's not really harmful in a gendered violence way, is something that is also marked as online gender-based violence. And that mostly comes from the way annotators have annotated. And they have annotated from the perspective that if I was targeted with this particular post, I will find this to be harmful, irrespective of whether this is gendered or not. And that is the playfulness that sometimes just shows up when you are using uh, uh, Uli. And that, that's where the distinction has to be made, where the error is sometimes actually fruitful in, uh, uh, in pointing out that this is harmful, irrespective of its gendered perspectives. Sorry, can you uh, give an example? So let's just say something like, you are horrible. Right, and you you think of it, and you're like, this is this is inane. Like it really, <laughs> it's not like really gender-based abuse, right? But uh, let's just say that it's go going to um, a micro-influencer, someone who's very expressive about their views on uh, women's rights, right? Or say abortion, right? And so for someone who is consistently um, 
sort of attacked with with vitriol, like even something like you are horrible is like gender based is 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 abusive, is harmful, right? It, it's sort of um, and so uh, a lot of activists would mark that uh, as gender based violence, sort of reflecting on their own position as social media users and thinking that, okay, if, if this is thrown at me, I will think this is um, abusive or violent, right? Uh, again, these are very, as Cheshtar very rightly pointed out, thanks so much Cheshtar, like these are very like complex terms, but at the end of it, it does feel harmful uh, and it adds to that notion of fatigue that Cheshtar mentioned earlier. They say that the tool also blacks out statements about women being goddesses and similar things, because although this may seem positive from the surface, it still dehumanizes women by putting them on a pedestal and not seeing them as equal human beings. It's definitely made me pay a lot more attention to my Twitter feed, right? So like for the most part, you don't, again, depends on the toxicity of um, someone's feed, but for the most part, you don't see Uli in action, right? Because a lot of your tweets are probably not abusive. But then occasionally you'd see like something blurred out and then and you'd be curious and like, oh, what, what could this be like? Why is it blurred out? Right. So like I remember victim card being blurred out. And then uh, so there's a feature where like when something's blurred out, then you click on it and then it actually tells you what was blurred out. And I think it definitely makes you pay attention and it makes you think you're like, oh, right. Like victim card as a word is used or as a term is used in all these different contexts. And so um, I do think it's uh, and this was one of the goals. Um, it wasn't the primary goal, but we had said that, you know, a lot of people are not um, necessarily at the receiving end, but they're also bystanders uh, to some of these conversations. And I think it's also important for them to realize that some of these, some of this normalized discourse should actually not be normalized, right? It should not be normal. Like this is, um, this is not something you would say to someone face to face, but it seems to be something that we say very casually to people online. And so it definitely sort of, um, yeah, makes you pay attention and makes you wonder. And uh, going back to your question of, you know, how was the idea received, at least from initial conversations, it was definitely very evident that uh, activists, journalists were really definitely looking for a way to sort of report and be heard and, you know, seen like, because the kind of what we are talking, some of these examples may seem like light contextual and all of that right but it is not so for people who are receiving it on an everyday basis and when they receive it in a language that is other than english and there is no way for it to be captured by any system of sort literally like one person one one person we spoke to one journalist has fifty thousand over fifty thousand screenshots of the kind of abuse that she has been receiving and she has tried to actually and this i'm talking about in tamil and she has tried to report and to no end, right, uh, to the platform. So then for people like that, uh, how can we support them? So this tool, definitely as a start, everyone we spoke to see, like, felt that, yes, something like this would be really helpful for us. I mean, as a starting point, which is also why they got actually interested in working with us and contributing to it in whatever way that they possibly can so you know when, when we talk about gender based violence like uh, and i notice that it's not just um say slurs that are aimed at uh, women like i've noticed there's also uh, sometimes slurs that are aimed at uh, queer people 
So I was just interested to uh, know, you know, like have that you've also looked at people who are marginalized in terms of uh, gender, like um, other than uh, cis women. Yes, we have, and uh, it's also it's very common in all languages, right? Uh, to use any trans identity, for instance, those words uh, they use actually as slur. Like for instance. Um, in Tamil, at least, uh, words have been coined to address trans people, like very specific coinage of Tirunambi and Tirunangai. Tirunangai is trans woman and Tirunambi is trans men. And this sort of introduction of coinage of language itself to address trans persons has not happened across all languages in India. And so just... Although, like, let's say Hijra is the name of a community, right? But it is often used as a slur instead as well. So the intention for us has been to also try and see how we can capture this. So we actually had annotators also uh, of these different identities to come in and be part of both the interviews that we did, the conversations that we had, and also annotation process so that that language also gets picked up. And even the usage and bringing them into the annotation process was very important because for, say, a cis person, a cis woman, some of the slurs that get targeted at a trans person may not be evident because uh, their lived experience is very different. So when we bring in a trans person to look at the same tweet, right, they see the uh, gender angle to it differently as well. So that was the intention for us to even have like diversity in the annotators we invited to be a part of this process and project we were working with a very intersected category of gender and we were not uh, limiting it in with like how it's usually understood we were open to uh, all kind of uh, uh, like Gen- like persons of gender and sexual minor- minority getting targeted with all kind of abusive content like it could be political violence it could be caste based hate speech it could be religion based hate speech and that's some somewhere we wanted to capture all of that and also capture the direction of that uh, violence to uh, arrive at a, a a notion of what should be called online gender based violence thank you for listening to this episode you can now listen to all our episodes on our android app download it now from google play store